TCL.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Hour two and part of ten hours of the Score North First Place Twins Show. We're bringing you here this week on Score North. It's the First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 57. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. And joining us now on the show, you find his work at The Athletic. Pleasure to welcome in Eno Saris. Eno, how are you this afternoon, man? Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Anytime. We were uh, looking over your, your article uh, talking about some of the budget alternatives to the trade deadline's biggest prizes at The Athletic. Before we get into some of the names that might be out there, because it seems like such a seller's market and still no real activity to speak of uh, just about a day out from the trade deadline, you know, are bargains going to be more expensive than bargains have been in the future, if that makes any sense? Have they been in the past? Yeah, I don't know. Or in the um, past, excuse me. It's interesting. I still think that the Jason Vargas deal—it's uh, a—it's a small deal, and it shouldn't be, you know, a market set or anything. But it did show us how cheap rentals are. Jason Vargas is probably around a league average type pitcher, and you know, for their pleasure, the Mets basically got like a bullpen catcher. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but the the guy doesn't really have much upside. So, you know, I still think that. Players that don't have much team team control are going to be cheap, and that's that's really the the, the currency right now. Is how many years can I control this player? You know, Derek Wetmore here. Um, I just I loved your piece on the, you know, sort of the budget alternatives because I think there are a lot of front office members and, and GMs thinking this way right now. Um, if I can't get the top prize, well, who could I get that some facsimile of his talent level? Or at least the same amount of control at a much at a much lesser cost. Do you think that's the way that they should be operating right now? If you're, let's say, the Twins or the Astros or the Yankees, or should it really be a you know grind down to the wire, give up some time prospects, and try to go get the premium guys? You know, in terms of talent, you know, the more likely you are to make the postseason, the more likely I think you should give up something and get the premium talent out there because you, you know, you're going to make the postseason. So then you, you're thinking about how do I match up in game one and yes. how do I match up in game two? And will this guy even start for me? So if, if you like, if you're going to get Tanner Rourke, I don't think the twins should go get Tanner Rourke because you know, he's like a lesser Kyle Gibson. Why would you necessarily start him in a postseason game? He's, he would be almost like depth, but at the same time, like, why would you, you know, why would you, you know, care so much about 2020 that you're, that you're looking past this now and this offseason? So, you know, I think Madison Bumgarner, if he was on the market, I'd be really interested because he's the type of elite-type pitcher that's a rental. He might not cost as much, but he would be elite in terms of talent. But, um, you know, I think years of control is something that people obsess about too much because they're sure. thinking about 2020 and 2021. Those those years haven't happened. Think about this year, right now. Yeah, be in the present moment. If you're a if you're a contending club, try to take that World Series percentage to, from whatever. Let just throw numbers on a ten to. Can you get it up to twenty percent? I mean, that'd be a huge, huge swing. Um, but that's the kind of incremental improvement 
we're talking about. Our guest is Eno Saris. He writes for The Athletic, and you can find him on Twitter as well. Um, I, I kind of keep going back to this price that's going to be paid or potentially going to be paid for some of the premium names. Is that that bidding war where they start talking about the top, top-end guys? Do you think that's just going to lead to some stalled action? Like I, We're all on the outside sitting here thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a flurry at the trade deadline. Could you make the case it might just go the other way and teams stay put? Yeah, yeah, I do think so. You know, I even talked to some people that are familiar with the Mets thinking, and there's a lot of people saying, well, they, they got Stroman so they could trade Thor. I mean, I'm not saying they won't trade Noah Syndergaard, but I don't think they have to. I think what they did was get Stroman to replace Wheeler next year. Once Stroman is traded at the deadline, he's not available anymore because he'll be on a contending team and they'll want him. So they thought, we'll just get our Wheeler replacement for next year now. And, yeah, I think it's super likely that Zach Wheeler gets traded. And I think he's one of the best talents left as a starter. Hmm. But it doesn't mean that Thor is going to get traded. If they can't get what they want for Thor, they're not going to trade him. So I think uh, the earlier deadline, I think, led to more teams that are borderline, like the Giants, like the Diamondbacks, perhaps not making trades and saying, hey, we're still in the wildcard race. We're going to stick with this. And that's, uh, that's going to lead to less action, not more. Is this what baseball wanted? Is more teams trying to contend with making the single trade deadline? Or did they want a more of a flurry of activity like we see around NBA free agency or, or NFL free agency that gives the sport that buzz? Is that what they were looking for? Or did they want more teams to stand pat, keep their players, and try to contend and keep those markets interested? I think they wanted more activity. If you, I, I know what it looks like in terms of readership. You know, we have our stats at the athletic. Right. I can see what happens with readership. And this is one of the last big moments where every fans of every team are interested. Because if your team is no good, you're like, who, who do we get? You know, you know, what sort of prospects do we get? And if your team is, is good, they're buying and you're like, who do we get? What types of players do we get? Um, so everyone kind of comes to the table and I think they wanted it to be all at once and make it a big deal. The problem is that they did it earlier, and now more teams are going to say, oh, you know, I don't know, we're kind of stuck in between. We, we want to compete this year. We don't want to buy. We don't want to mortgage next year. So I, I think that maybe an August 15 deadline would kind of, you know, a single August 15 deadline might, might help, might help uh, goose more out of it. But uh, in general, though, I think that what we're seeing with baseball's front offices is that risk-averse. If you look at what the Twins have done, I think to their detriment, they haven't done enough moves. And I think they've been, you know, they don't want to send out Royce Lewis. I understand. Royce Lewis has kind of turned it around and starting to look better. and He's a top talent. They don't want to, they don't want to send out their prospects because they want to have something sustainable. The problem is, in the meantime, they've only cut relievers. They haven't added any. And they've known that the bullpen was an issue all season long. And they haven't added to it. And they should have. And they could have done it with Kimbrell, and they haven't done it with Kimbrell. They, now they're going to have to do it with prospects. Yeah, it's fascinating. The, the one thing I think they can draw criticism for, too, as much as I think that they're a, it's a good group and I like what they've done in terms of building out their systems and, and all that stuff. Player development's been great. But 
they are very slow to come off their opinion that 2019 was not maybe the year to go for it. That like I think they entered the year saying, "Well, we'll see." And then now you're seeing <laughs> then and it it almost it hasn't moved up the timeline because like you're saying, you know, they are still talking about those future seasons. Um do you think that's a a mistake it sounds like? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you think the Twins should be aggressive this deadline. Yeah, I mean, Kimbrel, it's just money. And, and you know, yeah, you, you might have an internal policy of not spending for a third year on relievers because you think, A, you can find relievers. B, reliever you know, production year to year is very volatile. I understand that. But, you know, so what if Kimbrell sucks for $10 million in year three? I mean, do you think that's going to really tank the whole franchise? Hmm. So, uh, I, you know, I think Kimbrell is a big whiff. Otherwise, I agree with you. I mean, I think they're doing great things in terms of player development. I think what they've done... With a pitching staff at the major league level, I think Wes Johnson's been great. You know, I think uh, you know their collection of young talent that they've gotten together through scouting and acquisitions is, is really almost, you know, the cream of the crop in baseball these days. So I, I just feel like they probably should have been more proactive on the reliever front. You know, you talked about more and more teams being risk averse these days, and we've seen the free agent market slow down in the last few off seasons because of teams trading, changing the way that that they value players, especially players who have entered their thirties. Are is that what we're seeing now in the trade market? That same sort of mentality, but now instead of money, the capital is prospects that they don't see worth giving up for these players, especially the ones who you don't have years of contractual control over. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. It's the same, same idea. Um, and you know, honestly, maybe maybe these guys that you're trying to acquire in in six, you know, it's a it's a roster of twenty five guys plus, and maybe one guy that you add on August you know, on July thirty first isn't going to move the needle enough to, you know, in the aggregate. So if you kind of look at the numbers, you'll say, ah, you know what, trade acquisitions don't really matter. You know what though. <laughs> the whole season is going to come down to one game. The whole season is going to come down to one game. Right. At some point, the whole season is going to come down to one game. And the difference between having Kayla Rogers out there and having, I don't know, Edwin Diaz, maybe even Shane Green, you know, Felipe Vasquez, these relievers that are available at the deadline, that, that might make the difference. So uh, that's why everyone is still – active and is still trying to improve their teams because, you know, just a little bit here or there could be make the difference between, you know, making the postseason or not. Yeah, love it. We have a saying around here, you know, uh, make the trade, plan the parade. <laughs> that was, <laughs> exactly. was Rami's doing. Fly, you can blame fly, him for that. Forever. That's, that. That's how long they fly for. <laughs> it's forever. <laughs> great stuff, you know, great catching up with you and thanks for joining the Score North First Place Twin Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. There's Eno Saris joining us. You can find his work at The Athletic. He is on Twitter as well, at Eno, E-N-O-S-A-R-R-I-S. Great follow. Really, really good follow. He tells you a lot of baseball things and some of the latest beers he's been trying. It's a lot of fun. He is a he's a beer enthusiast, as they say. That's that's a thing now. You have you have foodies and you have beer enthusiasts. Is the bargain bin appealing to you, Derek? Some of the, so, we didn't even get into the names with him, and I know we only had so much time with him, and that's fine. I thought that was more interesting than than the rumors itself. We can handle the reckless speculation <laughs> on our own.
Do do some of the names that he mentions in that article off the bargain bin? You have Shane Green. We talked about Dan Hudson a little bit in the last segment, and I'm just looking at the pitchers because that's that's yes. what that's what the Twins need. Any of the names or or any other names that weren't included in the article yeah. off the bargain bin that appeal to you? Basically, all of the names appeal to me. I mean, I'm, <laughs> if I'm the Twins right now. I'm looking to make my team better. Um, and just a quick uh, for the listener and for Rami in Milwaukee. Let's take this a little ways. Judd's going to come back halfway through this hour. Okay. He is doing an emergency hockey podcast that we can't tell you about. Just kidding. Paul Fenton's let go as GM of the Wild, according to multiple reports. Well, they made it official while we were talking to Eno. They, oh, well, there you go. Uh, they, they put out a statement themselves. So, so that's a thing. Official, uh, yes. Yeah, so Judd's doing that. But he's going to come back. Um and he is not going to want to hear me talking about the bargain bin. So let's get all these names out, right? Right before he comes back in. Wait, before Judd comes yeah. back, let's talk about the bargain yeah. bin, and, guys. And hopefully he doesn't go podcast it later, but I know he will. He's a frequent <laughs> listener of the Score North First Place Twin Show. So I'm reading Eno's article right now on The Athletic, and the subheads are what gets me. I mean, the analysis is good, but like he says, want Noah Syndergaard? How about Zach Wheeler? And he said in there with us that his personal opinion is that the Mets traded for Marcus Stroman so that they have a, you know, a soft landing when Zach Wheeler probably leaves in free agency this winter. Well, if you're already replacing that guy preemptively on a team that's not going to the postseason, he seems to me to be an expendable part. Now, I don't think they're going to trade both Thor and Wheeler. But if they'll trade one or the other and the price is way, 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 way lower for Zach Wheeler and they don't bring up Byron Buxton and uh, Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and Babe Ruth and Roger Maris, <laughs> then I would say Zach Wheeler is a good trade target for the Twins. I mean, I, are, the, are the Mets calling the Lakers to try and trade for LeBron yeah. <laughs> James? I mean, what are the Throw Mets in Anthony here? Davis and we'll talk. Yeah. Um, I, he brings up some hitters, so I will skip over that for this case. But, you know, if if not Edwin Diaz, Eno suggests maybe Shane Green of the Tigers. And I think Shane Green is a fine trade target. He's got another year of team control. Uh, you should be talking to them about Matthew Boyd anyways, but my guess is Detroit won't trade him. So, yeah, if you can get Shane Green for some kind of reasonable cost, that's absolutely the kind of thing. The one I guess I would push against is he... he compares Ken Giles and Daniel Hudson. But the point that resonates the most with me, not to keep going back to Eno, but this is Eno hour, is when he said the season eventually comes down to one game. Yep. And I know that we're scared of the Ken Giles elbow injury, that this is something that Judd just won't do it. He won't even talk about Ken Giles anymore. So again, I'm going to get this in before Judd comes back. I like Ken Giles. I think Giles is a very, very good pitcher, and I would target him elbow issues be damned because that doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to get hurt. It just probably increases his probability, or you'd be a little more scared about it. So what do you do? You pay a little bit lower price. That's what I was going to ask. If the season's going to come down to one game, though, and I'm going to roll the dice and assume that my guys are healthy when it's time to push my chips to the middle of the table at the end of the poker tournament. Sorry, Rami, that's what you do at the end of a poker tournament. It's typically no, that part, one that person part has all their chips in. I, I, under, I understand the pushing <laughs> chips analogy, and I understand the calling a bluff analogy. There you, you go. You get, you get any deeper than that, and I'm out. So, so <laughs> I fold. The Cubs. I fold. You see what I did? There, there you go. I the Cubs in there. 16, when it was raining outside, and they paused their little baseball game, all their chips were sitting in the middle of the table. That's, that's yes. when that happens. If that happens, and I'm already risking it that 
Taylor Rogers is going to be healthy, that, you know, Byron Buxton's going to be healthy, that Max Kepler is going to be healthy. What's one more guy, right? Ken Giles. And if I want Ken Giles facing guys, probably more than I want Daniel Hudson facing players. So look, I get it. It's all going to come down to acquisition cost. You could talk with Twins front office members all day long, and they're going to talk to you about that exact same thing, that it's, we all have our valuations of players, but what does it cost to get that player into our organization? That's what's so little known in the public sphere of this trade rumor reckless speculation season. And that's, to me, where you, you have to draw the line. I'd say, I'd aim for a premium guy. And if it's just not reasonable that they're going to ask me to trade, you know, Tony Oliva, Rod Carew, and Kirby Puckett, it's you can't, you just can't at a certain point acquire premium talent. That to me, guys, with what 24 hours, what 25 hours and 40 minutes to go, give or take Mm -hmm. a few seconds. Yes. That is who I would then target if I just know the premium assets, but I'm not moving off the premium assets until I just know that those can't be had. Then I start looking at the secondary market. Yeah, I'd have I'd have the bargain bin moves lined up. Like, this is something you guys would take. All right, hang on, wait right there. And yeah. if we get <laughs> if we get to like a half hour from the trade deadline I'll tomorrow, I, well, we'll give you a call. But, but you right know what? Now we're... I'll Facetime you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get it done yeah. in an instant. Or we'll do exactly. snap face according yeah. to like Bill Belichick or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I, you, I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Snapchat you a picture of. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, who are one of these bargain basement guys? Snapchat you a picture of Zach Wheeler with "Hey you up" or man, uh, I would do that. <laughs> like, I, I, I think Zach Wheeler like is a good pitcher and would help the Twins. So I, I think that there's a going to be an inevitable pushback. I can already see it on Twitter.com, and my mentions will be actually melting. I, I won't hold my phone in my hand because the device will melt. <laughs> but there's a difference between bargain basement, which is your off-season minor league free agent, and you know discounted value return on the trade market. I think that the Twins, the only way you can criticize them is if they don't get another deal across the line. They should be pushing pretty hard in these next 25 hours. Yeah, and and they should be pushing hard for the premium players. And like I said, have have the bargain bin guys on the back burner. And and if it comes down to that, then it comes down to that. But I'm willing to pay a high price for premium. Not not Byron Buxton high, but I'll talk to you about Royce Lewis. I'll talk to you about Alex Kirilov. I'll talk to you about any of our top prospects if it's for the right player. If you want premium players, you're going to have to pay a premium price. And I'm I'm willing to do that because of what Eno said and what you already referenced, Eric, which is that eventually this is going to come down to one game. And this, there has to be, I think, a willingness to be able to roll the dice and make a move that could potentially, you know, hurt you down the line as far as your future is concerned. And, yeah. and I know that there is this reluctance to sort of make that move, but if you win a championship, because that's the ultimate goal for 2019. Even if the twins are not as, even if the even if the twins are so much better than what these guys anticipated them to be back in February when spring training started, the ultimate goal right now is to win a championship. And if you win a championship, 
nobody's going to care for the most part. Nobody's going to care what the roster looks like in 2022 because everybody's going to be like, well, they won a championship. Yeah. They pulled the trigger on a deal and worked out and it paid off for them. I can speak from experience. I don't care how (laughs) How good. How many box scores do you watch for Glaber Torres in a given year, Rami? damn one. Well, I I wish nothing but the best for Glaber Torres, man, because he got us a World Series in a roundabout way. I, I never look back and, and wonder, oh, man, if we only had Glaber Torres, because I look back and say we won a World Series in 2016 as a Cubs fan. And and I'm changing sports here, but look no further than the Toronto Raptors, guys. Right. They pulled off. They made a trade for a rental. They traded a franchise player for a rental. And again, I understand it's different sports, different circumstances. The NBA is different from Major League Baseball. Sure, I get all that. Good. But Masayu Jerry pulled the trigger on a deal knowing the risks involved by trading for Kawhi Leonard. He traded away a very popular player in DeMar DeRozan for a a guy that more likely than not was not going to stay there beyond that year, regardless of what happened. Hey, but And they won the NBA title and Kawhi left and no, Masai Ujiri has nothing to apologize for. How, right um, how long is that flag that they raise next Season? How how long will that one fly for? Um, hang on, let me do the calculation. I was asking I Manny if he had it pulled up on his computer. I don't know if maybe I, he can yeah, look let that me, up. Let me see if I can do some math here yeah. and look that up. When that <laughs> banner, when that championship banner, uh, I think it's gonna be uh, up there forever. Yeah, that'd be forever, Bob. I think. Yeah, I think so. I can, I can confirm. You found also, it too. I right? also did the math. Independent. And yeah. yeah. Yep. That one flies forever. It's also. important to remember that when we talk about prospect hoarding, because I think you guys would accuse me, and this is fair. I'm. Let's just call a spade a spade here. I think you would accuse me of being the prospect hoarder of the group. I, probably fair. Even beyond the score north first place twin show, like in our offices at Score North. Yeah. I'm like I'm pretty sure I'm the prospect hoarder. Now, what you're worried about if you're the twins? Because I'm with you, Rami. Go for it, and you gotta pay a premium to get a premium. I I totally hear you. What you're worried about is I'm looking at Fangraphs playoff odds right now, and they're very kind to the Twins making the playoffs, 96 percent according to Fangraphs calculations, which I believe they acquired um like cool standings a, a year or two ago or whatever. That's what's what a lot of people used to use, and now it's on Fangraphs. Anyways. A fairly accurate gauge that I trust says that the Twins have a 96% chance to make the playoffs and an 8.2% chance to win the World Series. Now, here's the thing. You're talking about make the trade and then it's an automatic. We all know that's not true, and you know that's true. I'm not trying to put an argument in your mouth. It doesn't go from 8% to 100%. But like what they're trying to avoid, I think, if I could put myself in Derek Falvey's shoes for a second... 8% 8% chance to like a 15% chance is a big swing. Mm-hmm. And that's still a 15% chance that you win the dang World Series. So that's what you don't want to then lose your Glaber Torres for to say, hey, we got Araldis Chapman and it was a fun run, but man, that was just a tough NLDS and we didn't quite make it through to the semifinals. We bowed out in the quarters. But you know what, though? My counter to that would be you guys are smart. Trust yourselves to recover. If you if you make a deal, if yep. you move Alex Kirilov for Noah Syndergaard, let's say, hypothetically speaking, and you don't win the World Series, let's say you get to the ALCS and the Yankees beat you in six games, whatever. Fun series, okay? good games. All right. You know what? That sucks. The deal that you made was to try and win the World Series, and you fell a little bit short. Trust yourself to recover. Trust yourself to recover. You're smart guys. 
Derek and Fat are both very smart guys, and they've done a really nice job so far when you look at where this team is at right now. If you make a deal and you fall short of the World Series and Alex Kirilov goes off to the Mets and he's fantastic and all of that, okay, that's going to sting, it's going to suck, but trust yourself to be smart enough to bounce back from that. That's yeah. great. You, you'll Preach. find another... You'll find another Kirloff. Maybe not yeah. quite that guy, but you have to trust your yourselves, your system, your pipeline that you can you can give up pieces from it, and there will be more guys churning through it. I think that's that's what good franchises do. And then at some point, you got to become sellers and tear it down to a mm-hmm. degree, and and sort of start this thing all over. But when 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 you're where you where the Twins are right now, you have to you think about this season and this season only every year until the competitive window closes. And then we start talking about operating in a different way. Um, I saw the podcast go up at SKOR North on Twitter. So I think Judd is ready to rejoin the show. If I'm not mistaken, guys, that sounds good. We can do uh, work. Did you just, I've never seen Nish like Trevor Bauer threw a ball over the center field wall when he got taken out of a game. Did Rami just make his own call to the bullpen? That's amazing. I think so. Yeah, (laughs) dude, I love it. Your work here is done man you've had a great show today (laughs) thanks guys this has been fun and uh, i will be back tomorrow as part of the what's really seven hours of twins trade deadline talk we're gonna have a four hour trade deadline special starting at noon going right into mackie and judd with rami i'll be back on mackie and judd with rami uh later this afternoon at four o'clock judd zolgad rejoins the score north first place twins show live from bombasota the land of ten thousand rakes where the magic number is 57 right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the score north mobile app score north it's exactly what i've been looking for minnesota sports anytime anywhere scorenorth.com deep to right field to the corner and gone a three-run home run down the right field line and it's five to nothing twins score north first place twins show a little bit left to go here on the pre- Trade deadline edition. I'm Derek Wetmore. Judd Zolgad joins us back in studio. We said goodbye to Rami. Manny Hill's still on the other side of the glass. So, Judd, what you missed while we were talking with Eno Saris of The Athletic is this whole conversation of where do you slot yourself if you're the Twins? Now, it's a little complicated, but I think you've been on this one side of the fence this whole time, so I think your answer will be pretty simple. Do you aim for the premium assets right now? knowing that it's going to cost a premium. There just aren't that many sellers compared to the number of buyers. Or are you okay if the Twins go in and they say, hey, we're going to get two more pitchers, but they're not going to be the names that get clicks on MLB trade rumors for the past six weeks? They're going to be good pitchers that help our team and we think improve our chance to win a World Series. They just won't be the headline names. Is that going to bother you? It. I guess it depends on what those names are. And they need to do something. I thoroughly believe or I should say firmly believe, Sergio Romo is a start, but not the answer. Well, I can put some names in it for um, if it makes it so easier. Yeah, yeah, give me some names. Texas, Mike Miner, he's got a year left. Good pitcher. And... I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, And like a, like a Sam Dyson or whatever. Just a reliever. I wouldn't flame him. I wouldn't be... Now, now again, though, this is going to come back to what are people asking for for the top guys? And there's times where I believe that you have to say no i can't you know our team's nice but it's not that good and i'm out and then there's times like this where i firmly believe that you should say oh no i'm in for sure all right this is the and, poker and game. it's the latter yeah. and, and the 2019 twins are the latter 
not the former. But if they got Miner and a guy like Dyson, that's I would, a good haul. I, to would, me. I wouldn't flame them okay. for that. No. Let's take a step down. Rentals. Let's say they try and try and try and try, and the bullpen market just doesn't shake out the way they want. They're happy with Sergio Romo and Taylor Rogers and Brian Harper, and let's go. <laughs> and then, but they add a starting pitcher. They get Zach Wheeler from the Mets. He's a. This is it. He's going to be a free agent. If you acquire him in a trade, you don't get to offer him the qualifying. It's just, hey, hired gun, three months. We want you starting games one or two and helping us get to and through October. Zach Wheeler and Sergio Romo. Is that a, is that enough of a haul to get you on board with what the Twins are doing here this year? Uh, that's the very edge of the cliff, but yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I want the starter. Sure. I don't think right now that you have a starting rotation that I can by any means comfortably take in, into the playoffs. I would like one more. If you told me Wheeler and one more bullpen arm, who I don't even consider to be unbelievably great, but just a decent one, I'd be comfortable. Hmm. My my biggest thing is let's not get to 301 tomorrow and throw up our hands and say everybody asked for Byron Buxton or everybody asked for Alex Kirilov or Royce Lewis, and I just couldn't do it. That's what I'm getting afraid of. The Lavelle report frightens me. Okay. Because, no, no, because <laughs> okay. I'm convinced. Strong word. Because, is all and I don't know this, but I'm convinced that the sourcing probably comes from the team he, he covers. And it just seems to me like it's setting the fan base up for. We might disappoint you, but just know, just know, everybody's ask was ridiculous. Yeah. That's why it frightens me. But no, if they do something minor, I like him. I yeah, like yeah, him. He's a good pitcher. But I just, I see the Mets as being susceptible to doing something that we don't expect. And you've got to be in on that. You can't, you can't get frustrated with the Mets and walk away because I don't think the Mets know what they're doing and, and what the Astros are doing with the Giants right now. Is exactly what you got to do. Call them up and make sure. You've just got to explain to them that what they're doing is very dumb and that you're going to help them. Yeah. And you got to try. And they know that. And you got to, if if you're talking with the Giants too, don't you have to almost convince them to think like, guys, okay, look, we understand you're trying to hang on to this and you're trying to maybe give Bochi a nice send off. But you're a four-game losing streak from away from falling out of this thing. Yeah. And, eggs, and egg being on your well, face for holding on to these guys. I mean, that's why I would be calling him about Will Smith. I would say, and I like is he going to be too. the difference between you guys making it or not? I don't know. And you guys are smart now, so you know that mm-hmm. too. So give them to us. We'll get you a prospect that you're going to be happy about in two years that you've got in your system. He comes from our system, which is pretty good, so smile about that. Yeah, we're, we're good. But we're not taking you down to the point where you can't make the playoffs and get into that coin flip game. If you want to flip coins, I think you could still flip coins with that if you're the Giants. Mm-hmm. And the Giants did not hire a new progressive-thinking GM to, to send out Bruce on a great right. attempted run. Sure. Like that's not why they hired him. This is not. We're not. Ta- we're not uh, talking about an old school GM here who's like, I got got to give my guys a chance, and Bruce is my guy. We're talking about a franchise that's trying to build things up, and it's gone on a very nice and it's a good story run. But they're also the type of team that you've got to stay on, and also say this, guys, you're not that good. Like if if you look at all of really the proud st- beating them with that one, well, <laughs> but look at their run differential. No, yeah. I know, and look they at know. their analytics. I if bet you, you lose, if they lose four games and, in a row, they're falling out and, of this thing. And here's what I would tell them, Madbum, as Derek said in hour one of the show, do you really want them to take the qualifying offer? Do you really want that, or do you want prospects for them right now?
Is this really, an, is, is what you're doing in your best interest if you're the Giants? And what they're doing right now is not. It's not. Maybe not. And that's what they, and that's what, that's what somebody has to get them to understand by three o'clock central tomorrow. And it might as well be the Twins. I just can't get over the idea that the Twins are so focused on control. Because control matters, trust me. I get it. I'm with you. Control matters a lot. 2020 matters. 2021 matters. It's ideal. However, in a set of, you know, suboptimal circumstances, which is not too many teams selling. They all want to convince themselves they got a coin flip's chance of getting into that wild card. The supply of the market's dried up. The Mets are crazy. You don't really know what's going to happen there. All right. Well, that's suboptimal circumstances. But guess what? That's your environment now. You now have to thrive in that environment for 25 hours and 22 more minutes. Correct. And the way to thrive in that environment is to go in without preconceived notions, I think. I think it's to go in and say, all right, would we do these trades on face value? Yes or no. Know what that is. Be firm in your evaluations. But if you get one that then matches at any point here now, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Even right. if it's, Judd, I said this when you were gone I'm so that you, you wouldn't get mad Jared. at me. Ken Giles. If it's Ken Giles and his yeah, elbow's hurting. He didn't hurting. pitch again on Sunday. They didn't feel comfortable <laughs> bringing him back. This one really worries me. And that's fine. I'll, I'll take him as a one-day-at-a-time guy, knowing that well, I it's like, automatic. I like your mindset a lot. I think, your mi- I think your mindset is exactly right. Well, it's and, But it's also understanding that. And, and I completely get that every year is not that year. Right. Like, I'm not the type of guy. I'm, I'm Mr. Bailout. Yeah, you want to trade so they can. Because often it you makes. You want to fire Paul Fenton so that they can go make the right trades. And often it makes sense to bail. Yes. But in this case, you are you are staring a World Series opportunity straight in the face, and and if Falvey and Levine don't do something here, it's going to tell us a lot. And by the way, to me, since they were hired, it's going to be the first time that I say, "Oh, I don't like this at all." Hmm. Like I'm, I've been impressed by him. I think they've done a great mm-hmm, job, definitely. And they built up the farm system, and I think Derek can find pitching. So there's been a lot, but but Phil often gets on these airwaves and t- and talks about you know inject this in, into my veins and my and my whole thing with like Gerson is or these guys is oh it sounds good and I let and I don't mind what they're doing. But you know what? Let's see when it gets to crunch time. What, what do you do? do? Can you deliver? And this is going to be, and if they don't deliver here, this is going to be the first time that I say, because the one thing that I will not do, I don't blame the poll ads. Because I don't think this, I don't think these discussions that, that we've been talking about for the past week have anything to really do with salary. If I had to guess, mm-hmm. I'd say the poll ads are saying go for it. I think, well, and from a business standpoint, they'd be stupid not to say that. You think that the twins don't want to sell tickets? You bring in Syndergaard, Bumgarner, oh, Friday night, you parade them out at Target Field. Oh, boy. For the Royals game, that place is be, be packed, right? That 45. place will be packed. Yeah. <laughs> Standing room only. So, but, but, and this, and for the most part, I don't think this comes down to fear of salaries. I think this comes down to fear of looking bad because you traded the wrong prospects, and you just can't do that. Yeah, I think of it this way, and we got to hit a break here, but I think of it like 2019 gets a certain weight, and I, should have spent more time thinking about this before I'm going to say it live on the radio, but I'll think out loud. If 2019 gets like 60% of your attention, then 2020 gets 30% of it. 
2021 gets like 6% of it. 22 gets 2%. 23 through the rest of time gets 1% of it. Right. You can't be foolish and just like completely ignore 2025. But if you're sitting here making a decision based on 2025, guess what I think that means? I think you might have made a mistake in 2019. I think this is one of is those years. Is this well, look at this is one of those years that gets a lot Derek of weight. Man, <laughs> but here's the deal, and this goes back to the point I made last segment when when Doug don't was trade out. prospects, keep them all. Well, I go back to, and this might fall more into like the the Sano Syndicard, you know, f- see if you can flip Sano for Syndicard, whatever. Remember when Oakland made the trade for John Lester? Yeah, yeah, they were going for it. Correct. That was a go and, for a move. And they made the wild card game against the Royals. They blew a five-run lead against the Kansas City Royals, who went on to the World Series and lost to the Giants. And Oakland went, Billy Bean and the Oakland A's went all in. It was brutal. And that was a gut-wrenching loss that they fell short on, That a game that they absolutely should have won. Yep. And they blew it, and they kicked it away. Yep. And it sucked. And Lester left. He didn't keep him. He went out in free agency and signed with the with the Cubs, right? Yep. Ended up with the Cubs. Well, Fast forward five years later, where are the Oakland A's? And do you know why? They're in the second wild card spot. And, and that's in 13 games over 500. And that's a great point. And do you know what that trade comes down to? Trusting yourself. Yes, because, that's exactly what I said last because, segment. Because the flip side of the trade you just gave me, the Samarja trade with the White Sox, correct? Mm-hmm. Look the haul Oakland got. Fagley, Simeon, right? Mm-hmm. Look at those guys. Yes. So ba- basically, if you prospect hoard now and you're the twins, what you're saying is, I don't really trust my instincts when I need to go get guys that I can do that. Don't sell yourself short. This goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And when you're a team like the twins or the A's, these are the exact type of trades that you need to make. And sometimes you get the big name and give up the prospects and you hate it. And sometimes you give up the big name and get the prospects and you embrace it. Oh, I've got some names for you guys. All if right. uh, you want to talk about them next, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about relievers on this show, and we spent a lot of time talking about a couple of per- pitchers in particular. But Judd told me that he's looking at starters, so I've got a list for you. I've got one, two, three, it's like 14 or 15 starters on here that I think that the Twins could or should target in trade talks, some of them with team control. And I'll give you that whole list. I'll just run through it soup to nuts next. On the Score North First Place Twin Show, Judd Zalgad and Manny Hill, I'm Derek Wetmore, and I'll give you just a reckless speculation when we come back for the Score North First Place Twin Show on scorenorth.com, AM 1500, and the Score North mobile app. You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this thing will happen. How about yeah. reckless trade speculation? Hey, who are you? Score North. What? Score North. What? Minnesota sports. What? Anytime. What? Anywhere. What? Scorenorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. It is uh, 148, and the Score North download brought to you by MyPillow. And it is a reminder for you to join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff, and Judd Zolgad, along with former Minnesota Twins closer, all-star closer, Glenn Perkins, for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball, Tuesday, August 6th. That is a week from today, uh, beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. Uh, all attendees will receive one complimentary beer, courtesy of Modest Brewing Company, with prize giveaways throughout the evening. Uh, this event will be free, but 
you must register to attend. And uh, you can register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. So if you have not registered yet and you'd like to attend, get to scorenorth.com slash Glenn. And you, uh, you can find yourself at Modest Brewing Company a week from today for the uh, Glenn Perkins Show. I invite a couple of friends. That's going to be a fun event. Yeah. They told me that they were able to go to scorenorth.com slash Glenn mm-hmm. and find what they needed. So Why is it slash Glenn? Why is it not slash Judd? Because <laughs> uh, Glenn's agent was a little bit harder charging than yours, Judd. That's why. I'm firing my agent. My agent's out. Call Glenn's guy. Drew Rosenhouse is out. Drew, if you're listening, you're fired. Sorry, man. It's been a good run. Never got the representation. (laughs) Uh, So this is the Score North First Place Twin Show. Judd Zalgad, Derek Wetmore. That was Manny Hill with the Score North download. And we've got some pitchers to just recklessly speculate on. Like, it's... It's pretty reckless to just throw these names out, so I'm not reporting anything. But my premise is this, guys. The Twins prefer team control to not. That's fine, but they're not going to turn a blind eye, I would guess. If uh, if Madison Bumgarner was magically available, I think you'd at least have that conversation. I'm also going under the premise that you're not just going to see a guy's name not ever be mentioned in any trade rumor ever and then have him pop up and be like, oh, yeah, we traded him. Yeah. Starting pitcher, three years control. Nice guy, but we traded him. There is so much competition for the juice now that I would think you've seen something on the guys who are going to be traded. Is, is Would that be fair to say? I mean, you covered football for long enough to know. Yeah. It's a different trade deadline, but like when, when there's enough smoke, there's a fire. There yeah, could be a lot of smoke and no fire. Yeah. But fires don't just come out of nowhere. Yes, like, okay. there's a so, reason why, yeah. So I've got 14 names for you, all guys who have been mentioned on the hashtag rumor mill, starting pitchers that could make sense for the Twins, and I'll just go rapid fire. You stop me when you're interested. I'll start in the the high end. These are the guys with a lot of time and or money left on a contract that would be easier to get in terms of maybe prospects for some of them, <clears throat> Zach Cranky, and more difficult in some cases, <clears throat> Jacob deGrom, because I don't know what the Mets are doing or thinking at any time. <laughs> Five years left on his deal, about 130. There's some opt-outs in there, but ignore that. Jacob DeGrom, I'll move past that. Caleb Smith with the Marlins has four years left of team control. I don't know why Miami would trade him right now other than... They're Miami? It's Miami. It's the, yeah, it's the they Marlins. traded Christian Yelich. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, they ain't exactly well run. Matthew Boyd in Detroit has three years left. That's one that would really, really interest me, but it, it might cost you the moon and the stars. Yeah, the price for that, if I'm the Tigers, is enormous. Lance Lynn is pitching well for the Texas That's Rangers. Judd, awesome. that do anything for you? That's awesome. I hope he continues good, to do great in Texas. Good for Lance, right, Judd? Yep. Three-year, $30 million deal, I think, this winter, and he's pitching well on it. No, you know, he's been fantastic. That's great. You're not picking up the phone? No, I'm not. That's got a like a pipeline there. I'm not, I'm not even, uh, no, I'm not going anywhere near him. Okay, Danny Duffy's got two years and like thirty million left with Kansas City. Nice, nice pitcher, but two years and thirty. Not going to move the the needle with that one. Yeah, not a lot of surplus value there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, surplus value, Zach Ranky's one of the great pitchers in the game, and I'm not joking or overstating when I say that. Zach Ranky is legit, still a top shelf starter. The problem is with Zach Ranky, two years and sixty six million dollars left on that contract. Complete no trade, too, right? Uh, nope, 15 teams, but okay. the Twins are on Twins it. are on that list. So you'd have to get him to waive it to even have okay, a that, chance at the conversation. That's the one where where unless you pick up a ton of the salary, I'm not taking him. That contract's stupid. Split it in half, and I'll give you some prospects? Oh, I'd consider that. 
I don't think the Diamondbacks would, but I would. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just saying that's one. That's one where I will side with those who say that contract. That's a stupid contract. I'd be wary of it. Just I like him. Just it's a stupid contract. I would be wary because he has the twins in the no trade clause. It's yeah, like why? how? Yeah, why? And <laughs> is he going to be? If you do, you know, if you can convince him to waive to waive that, is he still going to be a little bit salty? Yeah, it's weird. Coming in here. Well, it's it's he, a it's a weird thing, and I know that he'd be moving to a team that's closer to contending for a championship. Sure. But it's just kind of a weird, I'll be, weird thing. I'll be very surprised if any team takes him. Mm-hmm. If he's traded by three o'clock tomorrow, I'll be absolutely surprised. I'm Sounds in. like he wants to stay there too. Yeah, in Arizona. I, I, he likes it there. If I was him, there. I would just want to settle. My this is my yeah. life. This is what I chose. I signed the big contract with you. Yep. Why and would I want to move? You know, and he's. He's had a really nice career, but he's bounced around. He's yep. been a lot of places. He probably right. just wants to, likes it out there, wants to stay out there, be settled in. Plant some roots in the desert. Yep. If if he's willing to uproot, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I am in. That is the kind of go-for-it move that I think the Twins are about as well-positioned as any team in baseball, frankly, to make right now. We'll see if anything comes of it. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, I'll keep going with the list because I promised you 14. Noah Syndergaard's got two years left. We've uh, have we talked about that guy on the show before? A couple, I think so. A couple of come times. up once or twice. So. I'll, I'll I'll search it. I'll go find the Sport yeah. North Twin Show archive. See if that name's been brought up. Uh, this guy uh, took a no hitter into the ninth inning the other day. Mike Leak in Seattle. He's got a year and twenty million. Basically, if you account for a buyout or if he if you keep him for two years, it's two and thirty three. Mike Leak doing where would for he you, slot Judd? in, Derek? Fourth, probably. See, that's yeah. not. I need. I think. <laughs> I need somebody in Third my in he's my decent. opinion. He's decent, he but has. that's a lot of that's a lot of money it for is. a number four starter. Well, and, and again, <laughs> it's just money though, and it's not my yeah, money. That's true. So. And yeah. again, I want a playoff yeah. starter who who is either above Barrios or right behind Barrios. Okay, I got a couple so, for you. So Mike Leak doesn't really do much for me. One mm-hmm. year left on his deal before he hits free agency, and then signs a series of one year contracts for the rest of his career until he retires. <laughs> Trevor Bauer, that do anything for you if the Indians are going to sell him. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Now, do I have some concerns about his personality? Absolutely. I'm actually but, but cool he's also, with it. But he's also a difference-making pitcher. Yeah, I'm cool. But what's the price for him from Cleveland if, you know... Uh, give him a major leaguer and two nice prospects that they're going to covet. I do think that there, d- despite the fact that Cleveland's played great baseball the last month plus, I do think there's a good chance that he gets moved by tomorrow. Yeah, there was some report, some scuttlebutt... I don't think it's here, but... That I think said, uh, the report was they want a, a major leaguer and they would move Bauer, but this is not a teardown. This is a trade Trevor Bauer. And if you're the Indians and if you're going to move him to the Twins within the division, are you almost primed to try and get even more from one, from the Twins than what you would get from, yeah, you know, maybe. say like the Yankees Cleveland, or somebody else or the Astros? Cleveland like wants this to be Archer. That's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do what Tampa Bay did. And they're especially, if they're going to deal with the Twins, they especially want it to be an Archer trade. Sure. Yes, exactly. Win it now, Keep win going. it in the future. Keep going on names. Mike Miner, who we brought up last segment, you're going to have to pay him $9.5 next year, but that's a nice little trade target. I'd take him. Good pitcher. Mm-hmm. He'd start a postseason game for you. Second, right? Um, real starts game one, he starts game two? You could flip a coin on that. I think Mike Miner's better than people give him credit for. Um but if Jose Barrios has his Jose Barrios No, but I'm stuff, saying there, there's a clear difference then between Barrios, Minor, next guy. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. comfortable with that. Sure, sure. This is what I want. Yep, he's so, in the tier. Which is, again, why I would certainly not torch that trade. Another guy maybe in the tier, one year left, pitching for the Snakes out in the desert with Zach Granke. Robbie Ray is an interesting name. Uh, 
again, year of control left after this. Good, good pitcher. I mean, in terms of strikeout stuff and ability, he is up there with the best in the game. I looked it up the other day. I think it was fourth among starting pitchers in strikeout rate, right behind guys like Max Scherzer, who you've heard of. He does walk guys, and he's not like an elite, elite all-around pitcher. But Robbie Ray just is an interesting arm and name and potentially lower cost than I a take Thor. Him. I take him. If Jeez. I could trade for him, I'd do it. I've got three rapid fire for you. I'm going to make you pick one because I've got my pick. Okay. Tanner Rourke in Cincinnati, rental. Madison Bumgarner, rental. Zach Wheeler from the Mets, rental. Take your pick. Mad bum if I can get him. Manny, you a mad bum guy? Yeah. You've been a mad bum guy kind of this whole month, right? You're, yeah. You're in on that? I, I know a lot of people aren't buying into the whole playoff thing, but I just feel like there's something there. I'm in on Mad Bum if you give me Will Smith. <laughs> like, and, yeah. then, and then he can start game three. That's that's fine. I but, got no problem with that. But who's your pick? Zach Wheeler from the Mets. Because I think, to Judd's point, they're crazy enough to do a deal. I think he is good enough to be some version. He's not, he's not you know, Max Scherzer. But I think he starts game one or two for you. If you can get that deal done for the right price, I say do it. 25 we, hours away, are 25 we? hours and two minutes, give or take a few seconds. Clock is ticking. <laughs> the trade deadline's tomorrow. We'll have you covered here on Score North. Tune in tomorrow at noon for the Score North Four first hours. place twin show. For Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, and Rami Makhlouf, I'm Derek Wetmore saying can't wait for tomorrow. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.